Live from the Midtown studios of KFNX, it's Grateful Heart Radio with your host, Rebecca Rains. Welcome to our show and thanks for listening, everyone. This is Grateful Heart Radio, motivational Arizona real estate and business show where we bring you the three E's. Educate, empower, and engage. We like to bring our listeners accurate information instead of headlines or sound bites designed to simply attract attention. We want to help you make your real estate and personal financial decisions wise ones for you and your family. I'm your host, Rebecca Rains of Integrity All-Stars at Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, and we've been selling homes here in the Valley since 1993. If you want to check us out, we're on IntegrityAllStars.com. That's a great link for our services. You can also go to our website at GratefulHeart.tv, and there's a link there for real estate. In the meantime, here in the show today, we have Rob Sell with Sell Home Inspect. Hi, Rob. Good morning. And Joe Smith with Epic Mortgage. Good morning, Rebecca. And brokers are better, right, dude? Uh, Every single time. Every single time we're going to talk about how (laughs) brokers are better. Uh, You guys... It's, it's an interesting time. You know, a month ago, I had both Rob and Joe sitting in front of me. It was on April 6th. And it was, you know, everybody, I think, was settling into this whole corona business. You know, it was just really new to us. It had only been like two, three weeks that we'd really been dealing with businesses kind of being shut down. The quarantine was in full effect. We didn't know how things were going to affect our businesses with real estate, with finance, with home inspections. We had speculation happening. We had actually Jay Joseph of Joseph Appraisal Group calling, and he was sharing with us some things that maybe Joe and I didn't necessarily agree with. What maybe. do you think, Joe? Maybe. I'm maybe. hoping he'll still call in today. I hope we didn't scare him off. I reached out to him today. He said he actually had some solid numbers, not just ideas of what was going to happen. Feelings, Rebecca. Feelings. Feelings, <laughs> yes. And, and we did talk earlier about how everybody's reality is just a little bit different, right? right before we got started recording the show and ultimately numbers do not lie. So I want to share with you guys some numbers that I pulled in in preparation for the show today. When I'm looking at the numbers from the Cromford report, currently we have 18,000 active listings that they're reporting, okay? So that's good. That's a good number. That is a good number because guess what? This time last month, we had 17,738, only four only 400 more listings. So it's not like, you know, the market's crashing and homes are just sitting on the market and we're having this stockpile of houses that aren't selling. What what's a good number? That what like what would be a normal market? Well, we would actually like to see around 25,000. Oh, so we're still like 30% short of where we need to oh, be. Oh my goodness. Actually, days of inventory. I pulled this beautiful chart for those of you guys actually watching us on Facebook Live. You will see there's a lot of blue at the top of this chart. This is from 2011. Today is 2020, so this chart is showing that back in the worst of the worst, January of 2011, we had 143 days of inventory, okay? So to put that into perspective, in February, where we had the shortest inventory ever, three just three months ago, that was down to like 40 days of inventory. Right now, we're just a hair tick above that, not even quite hitting 50 days, according to this report. Actually, the one I pulled this morning shows 50 days on market is the average house. So when I look at the 18,000 active listings right now, um, three months ago before the corona started, we had 16,000 active listings. It was the worst shortage that we've ever had, ever, of housing, right? So we've actually improved by having 2,000 more active homes for sale. This time last year, however, 
we had nearly 23,000 homes on the market. This time, two years ago, we had 21,494. So what I'm trying to say is prices are not dropping, at least that and we'll see if Jay agrees, but I'm not seeing prices dropping because the inventory is still at such record low. The average over the, on this chart is showing the average being 74 days of inventory. We're still far below that. So this is just basically supply and demand. When there's a lack of supply, yes, people will pay more for the prices for the houses that are out there. Regardless. Simple supply and demand. So even though the demand right now might have been affected, and how could it not be? People have been on quarantine, you know? I mean, you would expect it would be weird if it hadn't been. So the demand has been hurt a little bit, but quite honestly, we've been busy. I'm not seeing it. I know, Rob, you're actually inspecting three homes for me this week. Right, yeah. This has been a crazy week. Last week was a crazy week for me. And I usually don't see you that often now, do I? We don't. You know, I see you pretty often, but so the summary that I got from the Cromford was, in summary, supply went up, demand came <coughs> down, sales dropped sharply, and prices weakened slightly. The latter because large changes to the sales mix. The summer lull in luxury transactions has come early two months in 2020. Well, okay, so guys, the average price today is 369000 with the median price being 300 A month ago, the average price was only 377000 and the median price is 302. Three months ago, it was 366, which is less than today. So we're still at higher numbers than we were three months ago. And the median price was 289 three months ago. Today is 300. So, and then if you compare it to a year ago, do either of you guys want to gander what the average price was a year ago even? Go. You're not guessing for I me, Joe. Guess. You can't. I, I can't. You just can't, I, do, I can't it. do it. What about you, Rob? It's kind of like we're playing. We're we're playing a little do, bit of gambling do, here. Do, well, I'm not in the numbers game. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so just to put it this way, last year exactly this time, the median sales price was two hundred and seventy thousand. So while while maybe we're just a tick under where we were a month ago, a tick under where we were three months ago, we're still significantly higher, ten percent higher than we were a year ago. And I don't know that we're expecting that to really change. When I read this summary this morning, it says sales pricing did look a little weak, possibly for the next five months at least, because the market over 350,000 has seen a larger fall off in transactions than market under 350. The sales price does not reflect a fall in home values. It's just that the continued to be supported by the fact the lower demand is still in excess of a meager supply. Home prices are unlikely to fall without a glut of homes for sale, something that does not look likely at this point. Almost no foreclosures took place in May, and many borrowers took advantage of the government imposed forbearance on lenders. The greatest risk to the market is what happens to lenders and loan services in the next 12 months. I there go the lenders again. I Here know. We go. So that's actually why I looked at you, Joe. Oh, I tried to look away. I know you did, but that's what we were going to talk about today, because I know when we were preparing for the show, you said that you wanted to talk about how much harder it is for people to get loans today in today's environment. Why is that? So... Man, why is that? We're all asking the same question, why is that? So it all stems from economics, which at a higher level than I ever want to talk. But <laughs> what comes down is they've determined that they see possibilities for defaults coming up. Okay. So that's the bottom line. The is possibility. So again, they are just speculating. Speculating. So so they're hedging. They're They're assuming, they're guessing that in the future... They're going to see more defaults, maybe foreclosures, short sales, that kind of stuff come rolling back around again. 
And what they're doing is they're just, they're, they're knee-jerking to something a little tighter. So they're making it harder for your typical buyer to get a loan. Now, maybe six months ago, when everything was great and it was glorious and the economy was doing so good that there was no chance that anybody was going to default because it was roses and unicorns and rainbows. So I like roses and unicorns I and rainbows. Know, good times. So everybody was paying their bills and it was wonderful. So they made it easy to get money. Well, but did they really make it that easy? Because isn't that the difference between now and 2008, 2011 timeframe? Uh, to be honest with you, we were trending pretty good towards getting easy. And, and I, I was around during but that time. you didn't have the liar loans. No, not that easy. But uh, not like, not that, not, not not like that, yeah. breathe and see if you have a pulse Check a easy. pulse, right? Fog a mirror and you get a loan. That, we weren't quite there. But it is definitely right now getting substantially harder. And maybe when we come back, I can talk a minute and let you know some specifics. I will let you talk a minute when we come back, I maybe, promise. Maybe a minute and a half. <laughs> hey, so you guys are tuning in right now. If you just joined us, I have Rob Sell from Sell Home and Specs. We will let Rob talk a minute, at least in the next segment as well, Joe, because he hasn't gotten a word in edgewise between the two of us. You are listening to Independent Talk KFNX. This is Grateful Heart Radio, motivational Arizona real estate and business show. We are here every Monday at 11, and that will continue. You guys come back after the break. We'll Keep on talking. We want to welcome you back. I'm Rebecca Rains, and you are listening to Grateful Heart Radio, Arizona motivational real estate and business show on Independent Talk KFNX. This morning is our last show. Uh, you guys will be listening to us at 1 o'clock today here at the station, but you can continue to watch us on Facebook, on YouTube, our podcast as well. It's gratefulheart.tv. We will continue the show if you like what you've been hearing. And in case you just joined us, I have Rob Sell from Sell Home Inspect here. Welcome, Rob. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Look at you. You're so good. And <laughs> Joe Smith with Epic Mortgage. Hi, Rebecca. Good afternoon, Rebecca. Thank you, Joe. You're so good. I am so proud at how these guys listen to directions. So right before break, we were talking about, Joe, do you remember? I do. I do. I'm on it. So Let's talk. So we were discussing the tightening of credits, and we're basically saying that it's all based off of risk, and the powers that be are really seeing a likelihood of default in some cases. So what they do is they ratchet up the credit standards. And I'll give you some examples of what's been changed from the previous month. And I can tell you the one constant thing about real estate is change, mm -hmm. right? There's always change going on in every single market. It's never the same. So what we have right now uh, from the last month is basically government lending has tightened up immensely. So government lending would be- FHA your, your and VA? FHA and VA, those are your two big government lenders. And we're seeing, we're brokers, so right. we get to see a lot of lenders. We work with about nine on the regular basis, and we're seeing a minimum credit standard of a 660 FICO for an FHA for a lot of lenders. Historically, you could get an FHA loan down at 580, and in some places you still can with a 580 credit score. However, the cost for that is ridiculous. It's extreme. Okay, but you know, I want to ask you, Joe, because you've got a client of mine this week who are wanting to lock on their loan and their VA. Yes. So, like two weeks ago, you were like, "Oh my God, it's so expensive." But 
now it seems like it's already settled down. It's they come and go, and that one particular, I think we caught it on a bad day, but it's come down quite a bit. And who knows, tomorrow something could happen, change could happen, and it spikes up. So we never really know. We used to be able to tie it to a couple of indexes, like the ten-year Treasury bill, but now that's not even relevant anymore. So we we really we wake up every morning. We check our emails and we hope for the best. Fingers crossed, toes crossed, everything. <laughs> but don't we do that anyways? We do, but there's no... It's just way more. Way, you, you can't even tell. You hope that it's all going to work out. The next piece I want to talk about real quick is getting cash out. So I know a lot of people are, are possibly hurting right now and they say, you know what? I've got $100,000 tied up in my house. I know I may, I may be furloughed for a couple of months and maybe I'll pull some cash out to make that work. Well... Now that piece has dried up a little bit as well, or they made it expensive enough that you don't want to do it. So, but if you're, okay, let's say you are furloughed and you're either looking at selling your house or doing a cash out refi to get your hands on that equity. What you're saying is staying in the house may not be as good as an option as selling the house? Well, you've got a couple of different pieces there. If you're already furloughed, we're gonna, we're gonna give you the information off of your furloughed uh, income. income, yeah. So, so if you were making fifty thousand before you were furloughed, and now you're furloughed and and you're half time, I can only give you twenty five thousand. So now maybe you don't qualify. Wow. Okay. So what else are you seeing right now? Are, didn't you say that there are some other things you're seeing a lot of? So the cash out has become uh, very difficult. The other piece is you know back to the furlough part is the verifications of income are often we we probably verify income four times in a transaction, whereas before we maybe did it once or twice. Well, that's only because you just don't know right now. We just, we I, just I, don't know. I know as a listing agent, when I get an offer, I actually am asking, where do the people work? Yeah. You know, because I want to know, is it in a service industry? Is it in, a, in an area? But it just seems like those are the people who are probably holding their breath and not doing anything right now, at least on the sales side of things. And that might be different if they have to refi because they're just, they're finding their source of funds is a little bit tight right now. Um, I know another thing that we're seeing is while prices are staying pretty steady, yeah, like I said right before the, during the last episode, or I'm sorry, during the last segment, that you know maybe a tiny little hair they've gone down. You were talking about how you know there's some other strategies so happening. So my buyers these days, so the buyers are still out in force. They're still trying to get their houses. The way I would describe it is there's no longer 10 offers per property. There's only four, so, but there's still four offers. <laughs> so it's not like you just walk into a house and just expect to get it. You still have to compete and you have to come sharp. I think if they're priced right, look good in the right area, they're still selling right away with good good offers they coming are. in. So a, a strategy that my buyers are using is they're just trying to secure the house. So they go in with a very good firm offer and then maybe they hope or they pray that they can get uh, some money back on their home inspection. Rob, are you seeing some of that where the buyers come in with their home inspector and they're almost praying that you find something wrong so they can get a seller concession <laughs> on that oh, yeah. property? Yeah, there's a lot of praying going on. There's uh, a lot of praying? Um, one thing I did notice is that when we get to the end of the walkthrough, that they'll say, well, what are the top three big things that I need to ask for? Yeah, they're looking for big, big numbers. You know, they're looking for the big things and no more, no longer are the cosmetics and the, the small stuff starting to be an issue like it was at one point. So I think what I've seen the most of, you know, to chime in on you guys, 
is, and Rob, you know, you are inspecting three homes for me this week, which is not the norm. So I will say I've got buyers who have been out shopping quite a bit more because they see right now is a good opportunity to snatch up a house to your point, because they're not competing against 10 other people like they were back in February. But, um, and one of them has that strategy. They're already telling me, Rebecca, be prepared. You need to work your magic because they wanted to get the house and they are kind of hoping things are wrong. And you know, what I saw back in February is because of 10 offers, sellers were just saying, nope, not yep. doing it. Seen nope, not fixing nothing. Nope, but you're not getting concession because there were so many other people lined up behind them to buy that house and as is condition. So you know what this reminds me of? A normal market. Hey. You know what? A house might sit on the market for 30 days and that might be okay. There may not be anything wrong with it. And guess what? A seller might pay closing cost or pay to have that roof looked at or pay to, you know, have the AC replaced if it's coming to the end of its life and they don't want to risk going back on market and maybe getting a lower offer. How, how is the sentiment you're seeing out there, Rob? Because you were telling me, like, and I see it in this chart right here, in the last two weeks, actually, since April, I have to wear my magnifying glasses here, or my husband likes to joke, my, bi my bifocals. <laughs> April 5th, we were at a low of accepted contracts at 1,641 contracts. In the last three weeks, we've seen that rise up to 2,100. So to me, that's a huge percentage. For those of you guys watching on Facebook Live, see it went down here and now it's up here. So what that tells me is sentiment out there is actually improving substantially. We're all seeing it. Like you said, Rob, um, we're, not, we're seeing more traffic on the roads. Right. We're seeing less face masks out and about. I do, just so for you guys watching right now, I know you can't see it on the radio, but we do have hand sanitizer. I do have my wipes to wipe down the table and everything. I don't think the fear is out there as much, but it's finally swaying more to a normal market, but it's still on the seller side of things. Because, yeah. you know, ultimately my clients this week that are gonna meet with you and have their homes inspected, they may have the average things wrong with it. And the sellers might still say, you know what? No, I'm not doing it. Not gonna fix it or I'm not gonna take 5,000 off the price. They may or may not. We'll, we'll find out this week what that looks like. Um, are, is there any other things that you're seeing on a regular basis right now, Rob? I know the last time on the show, we ran out of time to hit most of your hot buttons. <clears throat> it is getting warm outside. This is true. 107 on Thursday. Stop it, 107? 107. So in other words, if you haven't tuned up your AC yet, is it too late? No, it's not too late. You might want to get that get on that quicker than or sooner than later just because the AC guys are really starting to get backed up. The average, their average is on the backup probably is at least a week. Really? You know what? I don't think I've tuned up my AC this year, and I'm a huge proponent of doing that. So, Mr. Husband, James Rains, if you're watching the show, please call and get our ACs tuned up because... I, I think we might turn ours on this week. You haven't turned it on yet, Joe? <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. So, it, what, what is the point of having your AC serviced, Rob? Why don't you share that with our folks? We have a couple minutes left before we go to our half break. Well, because typically your AC doesn't work, doesn't break down when it's nice and cool. It breaks down when it gets hot. And right now, these things are running night and day. I've had mine on for at least two weeks, keeping it down to 76 degrees, and I can I can tell that it, mine probably even needs a tune-up. So out of curiosity, because you know a lot of the homes I'm selling today out in the East Valley in particular, they're probably hitting about 20, 25 years old. Is that truly the average end of a life of an AC? Well, the, the life of an AC is really relative to the AC unit. I mean... The average compressor warranty uses about 10 years, but as long as you take care of them, maintain them, I've seen them go clear back to 1978. 
So so you're so you're saying as long as you tune them up and you change take out, care of them. Yeah. yeah. And what preventive else? maintenance. That's the biggest thing. Just like tuning up your car. Yep. Okay, sounds good. Well, in case you just joined us, you're listening to Independent Talk KFNX 1100 AM. This is Grateful Heart Radio, motivational Arizona real estate and business show. Every Monday, 11 AM, guys. If I'm your host, Rebecca Rains. I know today's show, you guys are listening to us at the 1 o'clock hour. Next week, we'll be back on at 11. Just check us out at gratefulheart.tv. Thanks, guys. We want to welcome you back. I'm Rebecca Rains, and you are listening to Grateful Heart Radio, motivational Arizona real estate and business show on Independent Talk, KFNX, 1100 AM. Although we're actually going at 1 o'clock today. I keep saying that. It's like 1.30 right now. Hopefully you guys are enjoying the show. You guys can check us out on our podcast, on Facebook, on YouTube. Just Google us. Our handle is gratefulheart.tv. In case you just joined us, you are listening to Rob Sell of Sell Home Inspect and Joe Smith of Epic Mortgage. Rob? Right before the break, we were talking about home inspections and what you're seeing out there. It sounds like a lot of buyers are hoping you're going to find some money for them when it comes to negotiating. What are you seeing with the sellers when you go to their houses? What what are the expectation sellers are having for you? Or is it the same as it was a month ago? No, it's not the same as it was a month ago. We're, we're getting a little more complaints about the limited time. Um, nobody wants me there more than about two hours. Which that's hard to do just on just on any house because by the time the buyers get there, if the buyers get there, then you have a very limited time that you can actually do your walkthrough. So an average walkthrough takes about 30 minutes. I mean, on the average, we need about three, three and a half hours just to do a good job for the for the customer. So they're trying to get you out of the house faster just because they're uncomfortable having somebody that's not. I think you know, that's a lot of it. Yeah, because you know people are thinking about the social distancing. They're thinking about you walking around the house with dirty hands touching their stuff. Right. And, um, even so, some of the listing agents are calling up and saying, well, when we're done, when you're done, give us a call because we're going to come over and we're going to basically wipe everything down. So like a month ago, I was seeing, and I think you would tell, you were telling me this too, we were seeing less people actually showing up to the home inspection and weren't you just like FaceTiming them or doing it on Zoom? Or I've just, been doing Zoom quite a bit, yeah. Have you been doing Zoom? I think Zoom is like the new norm for everything and I don't know if that's really going away. I know I plan to meet you at all three houses this week because I haven't heard anybody complaining about having us coming into the home. I, I feel like the attitude, maybe the fear has subsided a little bit. We're all kind of settling in and accepting what the new norm is. And um, I'm not seeing an issue. You know, I'm seeing less requests for booties and for gloves and for face masks. You know, I do have my hand sanitizer. I do ask my clients not to touch a whole bunch of stuff. And I think those that are more at risk really just don't have their homes on the market. That's part of the reason why we have less homes on the market. Well, I think it helps, too, when the agent prepares the seller and prepares the buyer for what to expect and how long it's going to take and just make them understand that, you know, this is a necessary thing that we have to do and it's gonna take a certain amount of time and they just everybody kind of just has to, there has to be a little take and give there. Got it, got it, got it. Well, I will see you three three times this week and with the yep. heat coming up, I'm not looking forward to the one on Thursday. You said 107 degrees. I hope their AC has been tuned up. It's a dry heat. It's a dry, oh yeah, right, whatever. <laughs> uh, says the guy who's, you've always lived in Arizona, Rob? No, I've only been here 25 years. Oh, that's it? You're, you're a native. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Joe are natives too, after all the years we've lived here. So, Joe, you know, I wanted to ask you, um, I talk to our property manager we send all of our business to. 
I don't do property management. I fully, I truly believe that if you um, specialize in something, you should stick with what you're good at, right? So Tracy Benson over at First Norm Property Management, she manages for hundreds of people, has hundreds of properties. And she said last month compared to this month, she feels like about double the numbers of people are not gonna be able to make their rent. And they, maybe just because they don't have to, we don't know. But I'm kind of worried about the people who took um, the opportunity to do mortgage forbearance and they're gonna wake up in a few months and decide they better sell that house because there's no way they're gonna get themselves out of that hole. My concern about that, and I think that's where a lot of people are worried about the prices coming down, is all of a sudden if we're flooded with homes for sale, right? We are in dire need of houses. And so I don't think that's such a bad thing, but obviously if somebody's selling today because they're on furlough or they just can't afford it, my one, my worry and my concern is, can I turn them into home buyers within the year, do you think, Joe? So that's a great question and it's really an unknown we're not sure what this forbearance thing will end up doing to the consumer when it's all said and done because you have to remember it's the lenders who make the rules so if the lender comes forward and says you know what you took a forbearance last year i'm going to put you in the penalty box for 12 months or 24 months or 36 months we don't know what that number is going to be so we could be creating a renter for an extended period of time so that, that's definitely a possibility. The other thing that we're gonna see, uh, a lot of renters are renters for a reason, and we're seeing a lot of investors right now who might be getting scared. So they're seeing, you know what, maybe this is a good time to exit the rental market. Maybe I'm gonna sell my house that I've had, I've had for a rental for a long time, and I'm just gonna get out. So I think that's gonna create an opportunity. We're gonna create some renters here in the next 12 to 24 months, and we're gonna see some investors sell their investment properties, which is gonna create another shortage, is what I think. Well, and rents were already getting so pricey that I wonder you know, what that's really gonna do in the long-term thing of, of things. Um, hey, Chad, I think our appraiser was trying to call in. I'd love to have him chime in on this conversation, but ultimately, if there's less investors wanting to be landlords because they're afraid of people who don't have to pay their rent once they take it over, it, it really could be a big problem. Um, I would definitely encourage anybody listening to this show, if you don't have to sell, I don't know if it's too late for them to try to do a cash out refire, find other means to make it through this time period. I guess it really just depends on their line of work that they're in. I'd be more than happy to help them sell their house because I think they'll be in a great position to still sell. Um, I know some people have thought that they better hurry up and sell now while the market is still so high, but we don't have a crystal ball. Like the only thing we've never seen this, this is unprecedented times. We don't know if in a few months things will be better. I know according to the Cromford report, they're thinking that we're gonna feel like this tiny little niche down possibly with pricing and softening. You know, it is an election year. I personally think possibly through until the election happens. But we don't know if COVID's going to hit again another, you know, we keep hearing speculations in the fall. The one piece that we do know is that they're putting some economic stimulus into our economy, right? So they're, they're right. trying to, to keep this thing running and trying to pump it up. So they will keep this going somehow. Now, if we can sustain it, I think we're in a, a little bit of a, I don't want to use the word bubble, but we're a little insulated here in Arizona because of where we are. We have sunshine. So we'll always 
people are moving here. People are moving here from California. Oh, gosh. They're retiring early. They're coming from the Midwest. Somebody took a package and they're coming out. This is happening like crazy. So we'll always be a market for somebody. So it, it might just turn into an opportunity. I think if you bought a house in 2009 or 2010, I'm pretty sure you're happy with where you are right now. Well, the equity position that so many people are in, I think it'll be hard for them not to sell, cash in, rent for a little while, hope they find a decent rental. Um, you know, it's interesting that you bring up the people coming from other places. I actually have a Zoom call with a client coming from Washington State, and they are retiring early. Yep. They are getting, their, their plan was to come to Arizona. Next week's show, I have the owner of Berkshire Hathaway for Arizona, Nevada, and California. When I spoke to him last week in anticipation, he was saying Nevada is seriously hurting because the whole strip is closed down. The entire yeah. state relies on the, that strip for for economy, for work, for everything. Um, California has been on a much more serious lockdown. They've had, you know, unfortunately a lot more um, deaths from COVID than we've seen here in Arizona. I mean, I think when I pulled the stats this morning, we we're at 362 for the state of Arizona compared to New York, which I think is like at 23 or 24,000 people. I mean, according, if you can believe the John Hopkins website, you know, it's it's one of those things that you just don't know. But I do think the huge migration already comes here from those places. And this is just probably going to streamline that to happen a lot faster, wouldn't you think? There's a big population of baby boomers who are now hitting that retirement level. And maybe they were looking at two, three years to retire, but now their company offered them a package because they're laying people off or whatever, and it's time for them. They're, they're ready to go. They can sell their place in the Midwest and come out here and get a nice house with cheap taxes and a good living and, and call it good. And I think that's going to happen in a, in a big way here in the next six to 12 months. So out of curiosity, we're getting ready to take our last break before we go into our last segment. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on this because I know one of our clients we have in common this week, actually all three of us, the buyers of their home are coming from Illinois and they're going to be putting like $300,000 down on the home that they're buying from us here. My wonder is who's buying the houses in these places that people are migrating from? So where you say that we're insulated, I have to agree with you, Joe, that I think overall here in Arizona, because of the heat, we are definitely going to feel it less because people are still going to want to come here over staying in the places that they're coming from. Wouldn't you agree? I do. I do. And then that's a great question on what they're going to do in those other places. Somebody's got to buy that house, but I think they're going to end up taking a haircut. They're going to they're not be able to sell for as much as they thought but they'll do it anyway because they want to get out. They want to get out. And hopefully they're in a good equity position because that's the, you know, even the case here, right? Even if, even if ours ticked down a little bit, it's still definitely a much better place than we were in. You know, if you've owned a home in the last few years, you've got some equity even from a year ago. Remember I said in the beginning oh, yeah. of the show, we're up from 270 to 300. That's 30 grand average medium price increase in one year. And that's still live today. All right, guys, I'm being waved for our last break. Before we go, I want to thank you guys for listening. This is Grateful Heart Radio, Motivational Arizona Real Estate and Business Show. And uh, we'll be back after the break. Thank you. We want to welcome you back. I'm Rebecca Rains, and you are listening to Grateful Heart Radio, motivational Arizona real estate and business show on Independent Talk, KFNX. We're also on YouTube. We're also on podcast. And in case you just joined us, we have the Rob Sell of Sell Home Inspect. We have some great advice from Rob to share in this last segment. 
And we also have Joe Smith of Epic Mortgage. Woohoo! Um, and I'm even it's super excited because Jay, are you on the phone? Are you can you hear me? I can hear you. Thank you so much for calling in. So yeah. Jay Joseph of Jag Appraisal Group is on the phone. I'm sorry for those of you guys watching us live that you don't get to hear it yet. I promise you we'll we'll combine the audio so you can hear what our expert appraiser has to say. Real quick, Jay, I know you, you're calling in between appointments and I appreciate your time. A month ago, you were on our show, you called in, and me and Joe were really upset at everything you had to say. Are we going to be upset with you again today? Maybe, but just for the visual, help me out. Is Joe wearing ASU fuzzy slippers right now? No, he's not wearing ASU fuzzy slippers. He's sporting his Epic Mortgage shirt with his pretty logo. Um, You know, I think he has been hurting for a haircut for quite some time, like so many men I know. I actually (laughs) warned my husband, I'm like, do not shave your hair. I've seen bad shave jobs, and I'm not naming names. He might be in the room. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, hey, Jay, have you had to shave your head since we've seen you last? No, man, I couldn't afford it. It'd never grow back. This is it for me. Oh, no. Okay, well, enough about hair. Uh, let's yes. let's talk appraisals and value, because I know what I'm reading from the Cromford Report. I'm kind of curious what you have to say, my friend. Yeah, so I was just on a Zoom call with Tina over at the Cromford Report, oh, and she's good. great. Yeah. And um, so I, everything we talked about last time I was on was speculation. It was and speculation. And I just said, hey, here's, here's the economic conditions. Here's how, how they generally impact demand. So I'm assuming we're going to see a drop. Okay. And so then once once we rolled into May, I could compare the March closings to the April closings. And closings are uh, a lagging indicator because they're usually based on contracts 30 to 60 days prior. Correct. Um, so I look at March as kind of pre-COVID. The March closings is mostly pre-COVID. And then April is mostly impacted by COVID. And I saw a, when I went in ARMLS and went in closings for March and April, I saw a 19% decline in the number of sales in April. Admittedly, I think there's one less day, um, but that's a pretty substantial decline. So 19%. And then I ran. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, I'm just, because the people who are watching us right now don't get to hear what you're saying at the moment, Jay. So you're saying there's a 19% decline in purchases month over month. Yeah, the number of sales was, uh, de- was down 19%. I don't have the numbers handy, but it was... Uh, somewhere around 19%. Yeah, I, I actually have them in yeah. front of me right now, Jay. We're we're hitting about 9,000 sales, and now we're about 7,000. Yeah, that's that's about that sounds about right. Mm-hmm. And so then I'm going to tell you the other thing that I ran, and then I'll also tell you how Tina at the Cromford Report kind of talked me off the ledge a little bit. Oh, I'm glad you um, heard Tina talk to you off oh, the ledge. Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> so I ran price per foot for March versus April, uh-huh. and that decline of those sales figures that we talked about was 8% decline in average price per square foot. And so my first reaction was, oh my gosh, 8% decline in values. Um, but Tina Tina gave me some clarity on that by saying that, look, uh, yes, it's the, the price per market. foot is down, but part of it is the luxury market mm-hmm. is just kind of fraught, it just died. It, it, so, it, it definitely does. Yeah. It's all Joe's fault because it has to do with the lenders. Jumbo, Jumbo loans. <laughs> it's, it's, so he's not, he's yeah, not, he's not taking the blame. Like, Once no, again, at him. it was the lenders. <laughs> but no, yeah. I agree with you, though, Jay, because I'm seeing it as well. And, and the numbers that Tina has put out on the Cromford report, this time last month, we saw an average median price of 302. And right now we're at 300. 
So it's really not oh, that okay. devastating. You know, she definitely uh, said we went into the summer lull with the luxury two months early this year as a result of yeah. the financing kind of disappearing. Uh, you know, anything risky, the lenders really aren't wanting to do it right now. So out of curiosity, a month ago, this is where I called you in a panic because I had just heard like the day before I called you that appraisers were actually making adjustments on appraisals and they were speculating about the hit for COVID. Is that still happening right now? Well, I've, I've only seen that on two appraisals. Um, so no, I, I'm not seeing it a lot. I don't think a lot of the appraisers dig into the numbers as much as they should. And I'll be curious to see what happens over the next 30 days. Because, again, the initial reaction when you look at those numbers, it shows some bad things happening in our market. But when you throw in the other factors, i.e. the luxury home market and really tough getting luxury home financing right now, um, it isn't as bad as I thought it might be. And, and Oh, not as bad as my thank you baby answer. jesus i mean tina tambor of the crownford report for talking <laughs> you off the ledge because i know a yeah. lot of pe people respect your opinion jay and i think it's really important that we all put it into perspective right now you know i've got the numbers sitting in front of me this time a year ago our numbers are actually better than they were a year ago um may of 2019 and then when you look at may of 2018 the average price was 255 and today we're at 300. So even though it's, it's ticked down from last month, I mean, we had a, a virus that kept people at home and so many people lost their jobs. You know, how could it not affect it? I think we've just been blessed that we're in Arizona because I think the other parts of the country have been hit a lot worse. Um, and I'm really happy to hear you guys are not making actual adjustments on appraisals like we were afraid that you guys were doing a month ago. That's fantastic yeah. news. Um, before we so, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, no, so the other, the good news is I noticed that um, purchase rate locks were up over a two-week period, over the previous two-week period. Yes. Um, I thought that was good news. And, and I do think that we're positioned so much better than most markets because I think you're going to see some migration to warmer climates. We were climates just talking about that. All said and done. Um, so I, my mid-range and long-term uh, perspectives are that that we're positioned very well I, I mean I still I you know I'm not super excited about the market today um, but I see some promising signs well I love that so just so for you guys watching us online Jay just said that the market is awesome I'm just kidding that's not exactly what he said it's what? close though, it's close <laughs> I might be putting words in Jay's mouth uh, for those of you guys not listening to him. No, what, what Jay said is he's not super excited because, you know, we aren't jumping off, uh, jumping out with, you know, increases like we had been. But, you know, Jay, you've been doing this a long time. I've been doing this a long time. What I was saying before you called in was it almost feels like a normal market where homes might sit on the market for 30 days and that's going to be okay. Sellers might do concessions again. And that might be okay. I mean, don't you remember a couple of years ago? That was kind of the norm. Yeah, I, I kind of feel like maybe we're just cutting off the spike of a of a cycle. I mean, things were racing, like you said, and you were competing with multiple offers. And as a realtor, that has to be kind of tough for you because it used to be you found the house your buyers liked and then everything was great. You buy it. And now and we went through this period where you're competing with four other offers. And that was kind of leading to maybe an unsustainable sustainable run on sales prices. And maybe what this did is just kind of cut the spike out. And um, that's not the worst. Because we, we were maybe heading for 
problems anyway the rate we were going. It was just unsustainable in my opinion. I mean, we couldn't continue at the rate of increase that we were. It was becoming unaffordable. So I really appreciate your time. We're getting ready to wrap up our show, sure. Jay. Um, is there any last thoughts that you'd like to share with us before we end our show for the day? No, other than I think you guys are great. Uh, the two of you are so this industry and people call you uh, friends and partners. Oh, thank you, Jay. Thank you. So again, Jay said awesome things about Joe and I in case you guys were not um, able to hear him. Go Devils. <laughs> and uh, Jay, you have a fantastic Monday. Thank you for calling in, okay? My pleasure. Bye, Take guys. care. Bye-bye. So that was interesting to hear what he had to say. So happy to hear what he had to say. I know, he was stressing. So Rob, was any of that a surprise to you after listening to me and Joe ramble for this last hour? No, it sounded pretty spot on. Right, right. So it's always good when the appraiser agrees with us because last month that was not the case and Joe and I were having to pick each other up off the floor. Um, you know, it really just because I think a month ago there was so much unknown out there and now we're all kind of settling in, we're kind of getting used to things. A lot of us are just getting ready to itch out and like escape the coop. I was definitely disappointed on Friday when our governor did not lift the quarantine. Um, hopefully in the next two weeks he does. Doesn't it kind of feel a little bit different out there, guys? Well, they're lessening in that today. Actually, some of the some of the restaurants and stuff can open up and things oh, like so that. Oh, can some of the restaurants actually open up and as long sit? as they can bring people up, they can like I think they can sit them outside. There was some there was some talk about that on the radio. Oh, ago. just in time for the 107 this week. Yeah, <laughs> nice day to stay outside. If if you don't burn up, you can <laughs> sit outside. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. Well, I hate to say it, but I just got the two minute warning from Chet. Our technical engineer so i want to thank him for running the board on our last show here at the station we will be on facebook live on youtube on our podcast every week so if you guys have enjoyed what you've heard from us the last six months here at the station we definitely encourage you guys to listen in and i have to thank my expert contributors rob sell of sell home inspect only inspector i use he's been my chosen one for many many years and Joe Smith with Epic Mortgage. You're the man. You can say I'm your favorite. It's okay. Yeah, uh, it's understood. You're one of my favorites. But, uh, you know, when Tara's on, I, I can't I can't say that out loud. We so, won't tell her. Shh. But you guys have been listening to Grateful Heart Radio. I've enjoyed our time here immensely for the last six months. Please check us out on the web. Our website's so easy to remember, gratefulheart.tv. All of our links are on there. Thank you guys for listening to us. And we hope you guys have a fantastic week. Thanks again.